On this episode of Missouri Catfish, we are going to talk to our guest, Captain Jason Schneiderhahn of STL Catfishing Trophy Guide Service, review the Clarksville Central Missouri Catfish Tournament results, news around the area, and upcoming events. I'm your host, Cliff Thornburg. Shove off with us and let's get started. September 22nd, 2022. I'm your host, Cliff Thornburg. You're listening to the Missouri Catfish Podcast. Our contact information is Missouri Catfish Podcast at gmail.com or on Facebook. And perhaps the easiest way to get a hold of us is Missouri Catfish Podcast and Night Owl Bait Company. To get started, yesterday, Shane Wyatt of Wyatt Bait and Tackle and he runs a Central Missouri Catfish Tournament, tournament director, I think's the term he uses, caught a beautiful 60-pound blue cat. He put in up at Brunswick on the Grand, but he was fishing the Missouri, and he ran about eight miles worth, 50 hooks from Sunday to Tuesday. Most of the fish he caught ended up being behind one dike. He had an eight-pounder, a few smaller fish, and that beautiful 60-pounder. The gar were very bad. At at some points, he could see the gar taking his bait as he was baiting up his his next set line. So luckily, he has a bait shop and can can keep plugging away there, but what a beautiful fish. And it does tell you a little bit about perseverance because he, he ran these from Sunday until Tuesday when he got the beautiful, beautiful, nice fish. But up until then, there really wasn't much to speak of. It it was a lot of gas, a lot of bait, a lot of running around. So good job of him for for staying at it and uh, catching catching that nice fish. This time of year, any fish like that's particularly impressive. It's impressive any time. But a 60-pounder coming off the weekend, I think most everybody had, is really good. Southern Illinois University is trying miracles they are doing a study of of using silver carp big head carp and making them into a feed for yellow perch and walleye in aquaculture these are fish that are pretty finicky and highly palatable and they're hard to raise and if they can raise them in this uh, controlled setting using invasive carp that will be a great thing. So Jesus turned water into wine, but Southern Illinois turning silver carp into walleye fillets is is quite a feat as well. Adam Johnson let me know. He caught a few fish this weekend, but pretty slow. We were over in Brunswick uh, on the Grand, actually. There were people running set lines. The largest fish I heard of caught was a 
35 pound flathead, which is a nice fish, but generally seemed pretty slow. We went upriver, our boat, uh, we were working on, on the prop on it. So, so we used a, our littler boat and we went upriver. The kids wanted to swim. It was incredibly hot this weekend. Sandbars are huge, fun. Water on the fish finder was 77.25, but it's not a fish finder I use very often, so I don't know if that was correct or not. But the water was cooler. It felt a little cooler than it had been. I don't know if it was a little rain up north. Did not catch a fish. Again, the kids were on sandbars. It was more just for fun and just nice to get out. Water was extremely low, lots of debris or stumps, logs, whatever you want to call it. Lots of low water. The eagles are back. This summer, I, I'd been worried a little bit about the eagles or really the lack I had been seeing around Brunswick, but they are definitely out. Young of the year there. Big, big nests of them are out, and uh, it's good to see. Glad to see them back, and I'm sure they'll stay for the winter. Today, yesterday, went by the, the Glasgow ramp on my way doing some other things, and there wasn't very many fishermen. There was, there was one guy and one federal, I say federal, it looked like fish and wildlife boat, big plate boat trailer from the looks of it. So things are a, a little slow as, as far as that goes. University of Victoria up in British Columbia, I just read a study that came out, and they were using boat motor noise from a 100-horse boat motor as far as a non-native deterrent, basically to keep these silver carp and other invasives. They've tried CO2 bubble curtains or electrical fields through these locks and dams, and they thought maybe just the recording of a 100-horse motor seems to bother these fish, and it did, in fact, the big head carp had the most adverse reaction, followed by silvers and some others, but of the native fish tested, and I didn't see blue cats or flatheads, but of the native fish, it, it included channel cats, the big mouth buffalo and hybrid stripers were the only observable response in that study. So they, they said it was a preliminary study, and I'm sure if someone smarter would read this, they, they'd come away with something else. But that's kind of what I gleaned from it, but it's kind of neat using things like that, and it's... Always neat to, to think about boat noise. I always think about sonar. You know, all these guys, say the sonar, the, the fish can pick it up, boat motor noise. All that stuff's interesting to me. So things like that are interesting, if not conclusive at all, for, for our purposes. Santa Fe Trail Days was last weekend, and I'm going to report the results of that as soon as I find it. So... New Franklin has a Santa Fe Trail Days. It's kind of a uh, a city thing. And they put in at Franklin Island. But the cool thing was they weighed the fish in town. So people that normally don't fish could see the fish. And I always think that's cool. Um, I know some people probably concerned about the fish. But they looked like they had tanks. And it looked like, looked like it would be a good way to get other people interested because nothing interests people in catfishing like great big fish and they had some nice flatheads in there 
and I didn't, I wasn't there, but just from, from the pictures posted and, and hopefully we'll get some results on that, that we can, uh, we can share with you credit where credit's due. Spoonbill season opened on the Mississippi on September 15th. This is something forgotten about a lot of times and I overlook it, but I've always wanted to go over on the Mississippi and try it sometime. I, I fished the Mississippi years ago in the spring, you know, in the, in the spawning run, but some people do it and have fun. I'd like to try it again. So if you have come to the realization you have too much tackle and you need to lose some, you might consider spoonbill season on the Mississippi. The new in fishermen's out, the October November issue, and Missouri's own Jeff Falkenberry, a guy down there at Lake of those Arcs Truman, he's in there with a wintertime blue cat article is, is pretty much what it is and um these articles aren't really super specific but it, it's always great to see our state being highlighted a little bit i i, I really kind of have a chip on my shoulder I, I feel like we've really been unrepresented for the quality of fish we have here you, you hear about some of these reservoirs down south and the red river up north and and we are right in the heart of the best catfishing in North America, and it, it's good to see a little a little press this way. Up next is I'm going to announce the the winners from Clarksville, Missouri, the Central Missouri Catfish Tournament. So that's up next. So the Central Missouri Catfish Tournament at Clarksville, Missouri, was held this past weekend, and what an incredibly tough bite! And you're going to hear in a little bit. Captain Jason Schneiderhan talk about the tough bite and really the the mental toughness it takes to grind out something like this and, and get a win. And so they won with first place, 17 pounds, Brian Saunders, John Spatafora, and Captain Jason Schneiderhan. Second place with 11.4 pounds, Brad Pruitt and Josh DePriest. I would add that that first place with Brian Saunders and John Spatafora had to put them well in the lead of the points, although it's it's hard to calculate because you take the top points from a set number. I think it's seven of your top high scores. They, they placed really high in a lot of them, and this probably would, would distance them. Third place with nine and a half pounds and also big fish of nine and a half pounds, which is unbelievable. Hunter Smith and Sadie Hayheim. Fourth place was 6.8 pounds, Joe Bell and David Burtz. Fifth place, 6.7 pounds, Pat Gwinner and Shannon Berry. I think they're Randolph County guys. Sixth place with 5.5 pounds, Jordan Collins and Dalton White and Elizabeth Robinson. Seventh place with 4.5 pounds, Joe Martin III and Tanner McDonald. Eighth place, 3 pounds, Eddie Throkeld and Corey Harlow. Ninth place with 2.5 pounds, Gary Moss and Jared St. Clair. Tenth place with 2.4 pounds, Recent guest of ours, Jim Smith, Geneva Thompson, and Sharon Cleeton. Small fish. Who else? David Hull and Corey Johnson had the small fish of 1.25 ounces. There were 20 boats, I think, in the tournament. A lot of boats did not weigh in fish. As you can see, incredibly tough bite. A real grind here. But the points pot 
is now at $4,660. Tournament sponsors, Suzuki Marine and LSK Power Sports and Marine, Clyde's Disaster and Carpet Cleaning, Adams Logging, Billy and Sons Mobile Homes Incorporated, and United Credit Union. All right. As a little in-session correction here, I said that Shane Wyatt had 50 hooks out, and before you jump on him saying he's doing something illegal, he had, I think it was his dad in the boat. So there were several of them, 50 hooks total. So Shane's on the up and up. Our next guest is Captain Jason Schneiderhahn, and I'm very excited to have him on the podcast and really hope he, he comes back on when he's not so busy. His website is stlcatfishing.com and that's with a capital letter c and on facebook stl catfishing trophy guide service so while you listen to this if you like his page you can kind of follow him and he's out there every day doing it so he's someone that that you can follow on and kind of keep a perspective he's doing it every day now he has novices in the boat most of the time slowing him down probably but he's out there and it's someone to follow and someone very knowledgeable and nice enough that that he'll share his knowledge so without further ado here's jason schneiderhahn captain jason schneiderhahn so we're on here with jason and could you Pronounce your last name. I don't want to butcher it here. You don't want to butcher it too bad? Yeah, it's a little long. So it's Schneider Hahn. Schneider Hahn. Okay. And and you're coming off a big win in the Central Missouri Catfish Tournament's um, Clarksville Tournament, correct? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll call it a win. I wouldn't say a big win, but we'll, we'll call it a win for sure. Okay. And where, uh, just a little bit of background about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, um, out of South County, Oakville to be specific. Okay. And how did you um, get hooked up with uh, Brian Saunders and uh, John Spatafora? Oh, I've been uh, fishing with them for just a little bit now. And uh, I, when I get chance, I try and fish tournaments with them, which is, you know, a couple times a year. And uh, we get along real good and work good as a team and uh, have a lot of laughs in the boat. And, and where do you, you typically fish? Uh, I usually fish St. Louis. I'm a fishing guide down here, and uh, typically just run trips around St. Louis and the Alton area. Oh, terrific. So, so you're doing it professionally and, and full-time? Yes, correct. And, and what is the name of your, um, your guide service? It's STL Catfishing, St. Louis Catfishing. Oh, awesome. We do catfish trips here, and we also do paddlefish trips down at like the Ozarks during season. Okay, and were you a guest on the, um, oh, there's some guys from Iowa, the River Certified Podcast? Yeah, well, Spencer Bauer. Yeah, okay, cool. So so I heard you on there. Um, well, I'm behind on podcasts, so I don't know exactly when you were on there. But, yeah, I, I was actually thinking about looking you up at some time. So this is pretty, pretty fortuitous. Right, right. So – as far as the Clarksville tournament, what what um, what ended up playing out for you all? Well, uh, I've never fished that pool. Um, I usually stay pretty south of there, but uh, got invited to go up there and uh, fish with them guys. And Brian Saunders was able to go up and pre-fish for us a little bit and try and find some fish. And 
I didn't get many bites, but he did find some fish, and uh, we figured we're just going to have to work hard at it and see if we can get a couple bites out of it and see how the day goes, and we did. It was tough. We, uh, we fished hard the whole way through, and uh, we pretty much just worked. We've rented in banks uh, hard because that's where the fish seem to be, but they were really light biting. Uh, we definitely got the bites, but they would short strike it and just bite below the hook and try and leave with it a little bit. But uh, it, it was it was tough. It was very tough. Um, and then we decided to make a game change and go go out in the channel and, and look on some sand humps and see if we can find some fish out there. And it paid off. We found a couple smaller channels, and uh, I didn't think we had enough. I figured somebody's going to come in there with something, you know. Um, but uh, we got to the weigh-ins, and it started looking better and better for us, and it it, it panned out, and it, it, it ended up winning it. So. That was uh, pretty cool. Yeah, and congratulations. And there were some really good fishermen in that. So even though the results, you know, the total poundage uh, wasn't there, I mean, I I think that's a, a feat anyway. Yes, for sure. There are some there's some very good uh, talent in that tournament. Uh, and, and guys that, I mean, they live in the area. They fish that area. Uh, we heard of some big weights coming in pre-fishing, and then I don't know what happened, but something changed, and the fish just uh, were a little bit tight-lipped on us uh, for everybody, obviously. Uh, but we just, you know, just worked hard at it, and uh, it, it ended up paying off, so that was cool. Yeah, so were you all bumping or drifting, or what What do you... Uh, we, we, I'm mainly a drift fisherman. Uh, I know Brian's uh, more of an anchor fisherman, but has been getting into the, the drifting and bumping uh, last few years here. We did mainly drifting. We did find a pile of fish that we thought we'd sit on and see if we can get them to go. Uh, we got a couple bites, but we couldn't get a hookup on any of them. And then we resorted back to drifting and just stayed with it at that. And ended up getting our last two fish drifting. So all, all fish came from drifting and, and uh, running the hand rods, the bumping rods. Huh. And, and the fish that you caught, do you think you, you saw those on your graph? We saw them. Yeah, they were, uh, well, I take that back. The, the first, uh, the first fish we caught, I mean, we, we knew there was fish in that bank and we fished them. We ended up catching one. The, uh, the, the, the other two fish, the last two fish we caught, uh, we didn't know they're there. We didn't graph it. We talked about graphing it. And uh, then we decided let's not waste too much time. Let's just get baits in the water and fish it. We'll see what we come across as we're fishing. Uh, so we did not see those fish uh, last two we caught. We just got lucky and, and got the bites on them. Awesome. And um, at, at any point when, when they're short biting, because that's a pretty common theme on this podcast, you know, it, it, is there downsizing or stinger hooks or is there, or you uh, just keep at it? I don't personally run stinger hooks, but I will downsize baits, uh, hoping that it'll fit more in her mouth. It's not, you know, I, I'm never really personally a fan of big baits. Um, I think a small bait, he's going to eat it uh, if it's in his vicinity. If he's hungry, you know, if a big bait is too big, he might pass it. Where a small bait, he might put it in his mouth more likely than a big bait. Uh, so we ran fairly small baits. We didn't run anything super big up there, and, and uh, it, it paid off for us. All right. Yeah. And so it, when you said you, you went out to the channel, you, you just had a game change. You, you realized what you were doing. You didn't think was working or good enough to win. Well, the act, or, we, we found fish. Uh, we could see them on the graph. They're there. Uh, 
you know, I can't say a hundred percent they are cats, but just the way they set up and the way they were, they, they should have been cats. Uh, they were short biting here and there. Uh, we did catch the one. Uh, he the, the first one bit aggressively, uh, so that was good. Uh, he pretty much set himself when he bit. But uh, we're thinking maybe there might be fish in the channel that are actually active. Maybe this these fish are the inactive fish, and our, our actual fish are wanting to eat might be pushed out a little further. And so we just went out in the channel and uh, just started bumping. And uh, we ran a couple different baits and really didn't. Uh, we caught fish on uh, the one fish on a skipjack and another two fish came on shad we had some moon eye with us and we ran everything everything got bit on um but the only thing that actually ended up sticking was the first one on skipjack another two on uh chunks of shad huh well that's interesting and i guess you never know if it's the right bait the right time or, or what something different to start with to see if one or the other would get bit on more and then kind of go from there but it really didn't seem to matter um that day but i have seen days where it truly does matter uh they will they will watch a say a shad go by them and then you'll put a piece of carp on and all of a sudden they'll eat it and you're like well what's the difference it's fresh you know bait but they're they're picky they'll uh they'll pick one over the other sometimes i don't know why but they do huh and and as far as that pool you all were in but below clarksville there you fish a lot around St. Louis. Did you see the same numbers of fish or what was the pool? How did it stack up just from graphing it compared to where you fish? From, I mean, graphing it, we, we've seen a good number of fish. Um, there, I mean, there was no shortage of marks on our finder that we thought were catfish, but uh, just they weren't as active as we'd like them to be. Sure. And had, had you fished quite a bit on the Mississippi leading up to that tournament? Yeah, I fished seven days a week typically. Uh, but, you know, I was downtown um, usually running trips. Uh, so I, I usually don't travel up that far to fish. Uh, like I said, I'm from St. Louis here. So fishing around the Arch or up in Alton area is my home water. So I try and just stick close. Yeah. And, and how has the bite been just generally uh, around there? Uh, down here, it's been slow too. I mean, we're catching a, uh, you know, a couple few fish, but it's, it's not the typical bite. Uh, we've got extremely low water, uh, down here, the temperature's starting to drop. I think a lot of these fish are actually starting to push out of here and migrate, you know, towards the deeper water. Um, but there's still, there's, there's always gonna be fish around. You got local fish for sure, but the bulk of the fish, uh, I believe leave. Okay. And um, if people want to book a guide trip with you, um, how would they do that? Uh, so we got uh, we got Facebook, Instagram, web page. Uh, my my phone's my phone number's on there too. Email. Uh, there's numerous ways they can get a hold of me to inquire about trips. Um, get a lot of contact through Facebook uh, on our on our Facebook page, the St. Louis uh, Trophy Catfishing Guide Service. Okay, and we'll try to put that on the uh, podcast on the description so people can can look that up. Yeah, um, is there? Sorry. I always ask this question to people: Is there anything for someone starting out? Because these big rivers are so, I guess, overwhelming would be the intimidating. It's a it's a there it's big water. Um, in some spots, can, I mean, well, they all the whole river can be dangerous. You just you know, you got to pay attention and and. Uh, uh, GPS out there for somebody, you know, getting out there is huge. So you can see where the wing dikes are. Cause a lot of times those things will be barely underwater. 
Um, and I've seen a lot of people, uh, you know, do some damage to their boat or lower units. And then pay attention to the channel. You can get out of that channel quick and be in some really, really shallow stuff. So, yeah, well, that, I think that's great advice. And, and you all have a lot of barge traffic that we don't here on the Missouri. We have a ton of barge traffic. That is definitely dangerous down there. We, we got to give them the right of way. Uh, get out of their way. Don't don't sit there and think they're going to go around you. You you better move. <laughs> it is the is the barge bite a real thing, or in your opinion? I notice more of a barge bite when I'm on anchor than I do when I'm drifting for some reason. Um, I've, I've I've seen it happen. This fish will be out there a little further, and that barge comes up and really roots that water up, and it'll push them you know, one way or the other, and uh, they'll kind of dumb luck into your into your baits and uh, and turn on and bite them. All right. Well, we thank you so much. I don't want to take too much of your time, but is there anyone you, you want to thank or anything else you'd like to, to say about the event? Uh, you know, it was a, definitely a well-run event. I uh, appreciate, you know, Brian and John inviting me on this trip and uh, let me fish with them. That was definitely awesome of them. Um, other than that, I think that's it. Um, yeah, that should be good. All right. Well, thank you so much, and and hopefully um, we'll, we'll have you back on here, and, and maybe when it slows down sometime, we could have a in-depth conversation about some tactics, and um, electronics are a big thing on the podcast. People okay. are always um, talking about those. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, well thank you so much for, for being on here. Okay. Thank you, sir. Yep. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Captain Jason Schneiderhahn of St. Louis Catfishing Trophy Guide Service, his website, stlcatfishing.com. And there are a couple of reasons you might want to consider booking a trip. He has, he's fishing what could be a cooler background than holding a giant soggy blue cat with the arch in the background the thomas jefferson westward expansion memorial i think they changed the name but what a cool picture what a cool photo op it does not get any better than that and he's out there and he knows what's going on if you are starting or even if you're not starting you can go with him and i am sure i'm confident he has everything streamlined there won't be a lot of unnecessary gear. There won't be a lot of unnecessary motions in his boat. It'll look like a time study. He'll be efficient. He'll get on fish, and he'll have a process there, and he'll share it with you. It will shorten the learning curve unbelievably. And, and it's nice to have perspective because if you go out with him and you didn't catch a bunch of fish... That's learning too. I think he's going to put you on fish. But either way, if you had gone over to the Mississippi this past weekend without perspective and you went out there and you plugged away, you, you really tried, and you went away with almost nothing from that pool that, that Clarksville right there, you may be beating yourself up not knowing what you did wrong. But perspective is so important because 20 of the finest catfish anglers, well, way more than 20, 20 of the finest boats, catfish anglers full of boats, were out there grinding away. And sometimes you have to know 
that your efforts and the results may not line up, but that doesn't, that shouldn't really affect the process. Good bait, sharp hooks, try to find the fish, keep grinding for them. And someone like Captain Jason Steinerhunt obviously did that, persevered the mental toughness. He came away with a win here. And if you book a trip with him, I think he's going to show you a trick or two about grinding away and, and getting on some, some really nice fish. Looking ahead as far as the Salooner calendar, it looks like the 24th and 25th, 26th, and 27th of September. So this coming weekend, at least as far as that goes, is going to be a very good fishing weekend. A lot of variables are probably more important than that, but it looks like it's going to be a good one. And speaking of that, last weekend we had purchased a barometer that I put, put in the fish shop. And I've always wanted one. I have a barometer app on my phone. But I would be interested in hearing from other people if they use a barometer at all. I don't get to go fishing enough, regardless of what the barometer said, saying if I can go, I'm going to go. But from people that fish enough and pay attention to it, I'd be interested if you think it has any bearing or, or if it dictates what you do in any way. I would also ask that anyone that um, has guest requests, we've, we've gotten a couple guest requests and we're lining that up and I'm looking forward to this winter when it slows down a little, maybe getting a little more guest heavy. Anyone that has any discussions on bait tanks, I'm always open for that and I'd like to have a podcast session on bait tanks and, and going into that. Missouri Catfish Podcast at gmail.com is our contact information and Missouri Catfish Podcast and Night Owl Bait Company on Facebook. So like us, share us. We're not asking you to buy anything on this podcast, but if you could share it on social media or however, that's how we can grow and we can get more guests and uh, keep this thing going. Looking at the calendar, CatCon is October 7th and 8th in Kansas City. I think we're very, very lucky it's in the Show Me State, and if, if we could keep going to that, supporting that, I think it'll stay there. Kansas City's an awesome place to have it, and we're very lucky. October 8th, Central Missouri Catfish Tournament, Franklin Island, Boonville. You've heard of a lot of events there, and that's that's a good one to go to. October 15th, the music. The music on this podcast, Cowboy Bart's going to be at Cooper's Landing, which is right there on the Missouri River. They have drinks, they have food trucks, it's a very cool place, campground, it's one of the few places you can get fuel on the Missouri River in our state, that's a cool one. October 15th, also Missouri River Relief, that's at Jeff City, so if you have time and they have the space, they pick up a lot of junk on the river and, and help everybody out. Coffin at Lake of the Ozarks, October 29th. And that is Central Missouri Catfish Tournament. And then they conclude the tournament and the points race and everything will conclude there. November 27th at Glasgow. We will be there fishing that one for sure. And let me look here. I think there is another tournament I'm overlooking I wanted to tell you all about. Yes, the Howard County Fishing Tournament 
It's a $60 per boat set line. First, second, and third. Five biggest fish. October 1st. There's a Calcutta. But basically, check-ins, 11 a.m. Looks like October 1st, 10 a.m. Registration, October 1st, 10 to 11 a.m. And then it goes Sunday, check-in, 11 a.m., Sunday, October 7th. Franklin Island Boat Ramp. So if you're into that or want to check that out, um, I would encourage it. Until next time, tight lines. I was born by a river in a little tent, born just like a river.